we're in a series, and this series is called The Apostle Paul Ministry. Uh, say that with me, The Apostle Paul Ministry. Now, the reason why we're saying this is because uh, Paul is our apostle. I, I want to get this church to understand, because uh, you live in a time now where you have many people who say they are apostles. We are not here to put down anybody. If those people are apostles, uh, okay, they're apostles. They're between them and the Lord. My thing is God gave us an apostle in the Word of God. So we're going to go to that first of all before we even go give you our subject. Uh, let's look at the book of Romans chapter 11. The book of Romans chapter 11, just one verse. Uh, in verse number 13. You hear me say this all the time. I want to hopefully you'll mark these things in your Bible because this is what God said to us. See, people are telling you a lot of different things, who they are, and God sent them, and God told them. That's between them and the Lord. I'm going by what the Bible says. All right? This is what the Bible says. All right? Now, Romans chapter 11 uh, and verse 13 on the screen, we're going to uh, show you that. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 13, we're going to show you that on the screen, that this was what the apostle Paul says. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 13. It says, I speak to you Gentiles, for as much as I am, watch this, the apostle of the Gentiles. See, one day I'm going to minister on that. So you got to understand, he didn't say anybody else. He said, I am the. When you specify the word the, that means only. I am the apostle of of the Gentiles, and I magnify my office. So when other folks are saying the apostles, I'm not here to disagree with them. I'm going by what the word says. Paul is the apostle to the Gentile. That's why I'm speaking of the apostle Paul ministry. All right. So be very careful when you allow other people, uh, when you listen to other things, other people, and there are a lot of times people got a word for you and all this stuff. You, you better be very careful because the Bible plainly told you that Paul is the, the apostle to the Gentiles. All right. So I have to follow him just like everybody else. All right. Now, when I get to that, you will know why I'm saying that. But I'm going to teach on that to show you why I'm saying that. Today's message, we just gave it to you in the book of Romans chapter number, I'm sorry, from the book of Acts chapter 26, and we gave you one verse, and we'll go back there and read that one verse, verse 19, just one verse. Whereon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And that's what I want you to mark in your Bible, one word, the heavenly vision. Say that with me, the heavenly vision. All right. Now, I'm going to show you uh, that this is what God told the Apostle Paul to give us. I, I want you to see this for the first time in your life. This is real. This is what God gave us through the Apostle Paul. Now, if I was living in the day of Moses, which I'm going to show you, uh, God gave Moses vision for Israel. Now, the reason why they did not get to what God had for their lives, they did not follow the vision. So 
That's what you end up doing. Or you end, or they end up following other people that God did not give the vision to. And you notice I keep saying the vision because the word vision is singular. So, so like I said, I gave you like three weeks ago and I said, the things I'm teaching now is what's going to change your life. Make sure that you get these tapes, these CDs, the DVDs, the however you're going to get it on your podcast or YouTube or whatever. But make sure you're following me now because at this time, this is life changing. This is what you're going to need to live. I gave you a teaching about a couple of weeks ago and I told you about faith. And I showed you how to get faith. Then I show you why do I need faith. See, those are the kind of things you're going to need if you're going to live a Christian life. Because I, I got a lot of things that I'm getting ready to, to uh, release in this ministry that God want to do. And he want to begin to teach on some things in this ministry. Today I'm dealing with the word vision. I'm dealing with the heavenly vision. And then I'm going to be going into other teachings uh, like predestination, chosen. All of that is going to come up on a heading called election. So you need to follow me so you will be able to get there. Then I'm going to go to the next part is justification. See, this is your walk in progress with the Lord. And then I'm going to take you from justification into another term called sanctification. See, this is your walk with the Lord. This is a process. And then the last will be glorification. We're going to be going through those things this year. So uh, we started out giving you the faith. That's what the first teaching was, because you're going to have faith to believe God. You're not walking by sight anymore. Once you come in Christ, you're not walking by sight. You're not living by faith, by sight. Everything you're going to have to get from God, he's already given it to you. You just got to know how to receive what God has given to you. And that's why that when the word of God is being ministered, you have to at that time believe the word. See, I know a lot of times we say, I know pastor said, but, 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 but. And then you turn around and you butt yourself right away from the word. God came and get it to you. All right. I want to say you another way, but I won't say that. All right. But you got, you got it in you. So you want to write down the word vision. That's the first thing you want to do because we're going to talk about the heavenly vision. Say that with me, the heavenly vision. Right. Now, if there's a heavenly vision, then that had to be an earthly vision. Israel had an earthly vision. I'm going to show you that although their vision was a, earth, a heavenly vision, let me just put it that way, they had a heavenly vision also, but God came to the earth to give it to them. And I'm going to show you, but what Paul called his vision the, the heavenly vision. He didn't say a heavenly vision, the heavenly vision. All right. Now, let's give you that word for vision. The word vision is the, is the word divine revelation. So when you, when, when you are studying a new covenant, which is the heavenly vision, it is divine revelation. Otherwise, this revelation came from God, given to you by the Holy Spirit. So you got to be able to see this. When you, when you hear the word, don't obey it, it's not me you're not obeying. 
See, not long ago, I taught about, about giving in this ministry. See, it's not me. It's not me that told you about sowing and reaping. Sowing is how you live your life. Sowing is living in the Spirit. See, we want the benefits of the Spirit, but we don't want to live in the Spirit. You got to walk in the Spirit. You got to make sure you're in the faith. Prove your own selves. Paul told you in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. No, you're not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. So you got to understand you're in the Spirit. You are a new creation now. You're not the old person. When you get born again, born of the Spirit, you're not the old person you used to be. That person is dead. So we're going we're gonna to show you that in just a moment. You can put that. We'll go there first, Galatians chapter 2, and we'll start reading verse 16 down to verse number 21. And we'll show you when you read Galatians 2, 20, he's going to remind you that you are dead. That's the old man. And how you how, how died because I was crucified with Christ. And then he said, nevertheless, I live. Now that's the new man. So you got to know what you're saying when you quote the scriptures. All right, but the word vision is what you want to put down. Number one, divine revelation. Number two, divine instructions. So that's why I teach you the word. I'm giving you divine instructions. These are not my instructions. Number three, divine directions. See, these, th this divine revelation, divine instruction, divine direction is for your life. He's telling you how to live. See, I'm going to have to teach on uh, living by faith, but you can't live, without, live by faith without a vision. So that's why you're coming here, to make sure you learn the vision that you have to follow and the instruction you got to follow and the directions. See, that's what the word is for. And so that's why I'm going to show you, uh, put down another word, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, we'll read verse 11 through 14. Just, just put that in your notes. Now, I, whatever I'm giving you, please put them in alphabetical order. That means you got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. For me. You can do your, your notes like you any way you want to do them. But when I want my notes, I want to be able to find them. Praise the Lord. All right. So here it is. Divine revelation, divine instruction, divine direction. The New Testament, because that's what the New Testament is, is the, is the heavenly vision. And I'm going to show you what makes it a heavenly vision. And last, uh, I'm going to give you is what God wants us to do. I'm going to make that simple. What God wants us to do. See, I can put said how God wants us to live. See, all that's a new covenant. It's about who we are. It's about who God is. It's about who Jesus is, who the Holy Ghost is. Let me show you that first. I gave you two things. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians first, uh, chapter 13, verse 11 through 13. Let's go there first. Then I'm going to go to the other one you have for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. In this chapter, you, you'll be able to know God as the Trinity. And if you notice today, all the songs we sang today was to our Lord. 
Let me say it again. All the songs we sang today is to our Lord. And the reason why is, we, we want you to understand, that's who we shall go to. That's who praises go to for what he has done. So when you go to your word, I'm going to be teaching on all of this coming up soon. Uh, the word said, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And forget not all his benefit. That's Psalm 103, right? Verse 1. So you got to understand, you're blessing the Lord. You're thanking him. He is the one that redeemed us. He's the one that saved us. In my prayer this morning, uh, I, my prayer started about 20 minutes to four, something like that. And one of the things that I say in my prayer that I have written in my book, I thank the Lord Jesus for his obedience. Because if he had not obeyed the Father, we wouldn't be here today. Come on, thank him for his, his obedience. He came and obeyed the word. Every scripture, he obeyed the Father. And by doing that, he got us and everybody else who before us from underneath the law and put us in grace. We could not get the blessings of the Lord, although they were promised in the old covenant until somebody obeyed God's word. <laughs> See, you have to understand everything that God said, he says this, he would do this if you obey his, his voice, if you obey his covenant, if you, right, if you be obedient. One place in Isaiah 119 says, let me find that. I don't want to just quote it. I'm not done with 2 Corinthians Isaiah 119, these are things that God has taught us down through the years. Uh, you, these places you need to mark in your Bible. I, like I said, I know some people don't, don't scratch that Bible, you know. But at the same time, the Bible is what you're supposed to get in you. So it's okay to write in the Bible. Just make sure you get what's in the Bible in you. All right. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse uh, 19 and 20. This is what God said to Israel. See, you have to know who God talked to. Verse 19 says, if you be willing and obedient. See, they, they couldn't do it. So that's why I thank God for his obedience. Because it had to be both. He had to willingly lay down his life. And he had to obey all of God's Scriptures in the Old Covenant. He had to be obedient to everything. So that's why the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes in their whole ministry tried to kiss Jesus and ask him questions that he might not could answer. So here, here Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing. See, those things had to be there. And obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. So he let them know if you can do these two things. They couldn't do it. So Jesus came, and because of New Covenant, Paul talked about this, because of his obedience and his willingness to obey the Father is how we are eating the good 
of the land. It's the reason why you are eating the good of the land today. Come on, give him another big hand. See, everything he has done, you are benefiting from it. That's why we give him all the praise and all the glory for what he has done. He put us in a new covenant of grace. He come and did all the work of the old covenant. So you can be in grace without work. Isn't that something? You can eat the good of the lamb. All right, now, I just want you to put you in your notes. Let's go to 2 Corinthians again. And we're looking at verse number 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Yeah, 2 Corinthians. And we're going to start reading with, with verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. All right, now I'm going to show you something in here. I'm headed to my message. Here, especially, I'm going to back, I'm going to go to verse 13. I'm just going to only do verse 14 today. I thought I was going to do more than that. I'm only going to do verse 13. Verse 14. I'm only going to do verse 14. I'm sorry. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to stop there because he's telling you what Jesus Christ is responsible for in your life. I'm showing you how to minister that word. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's showing you what God did in your life. What Christ did in your life is how you got grace. Remember John 1, 17 said grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's how you got grace. So that's why we ever should be so grateful for the Father giving us his son. And for the son's obedience. But he's showing you three things here. It was through Christ, his grace... That's how we got saved, his obedience. And then it says, and the love of God. So he's telling you what God's responsibility in your life. Because God is love. And if you are saved and you got God in you, then you ought to have love in you. And that love in you is not for you. Remember, you have a love for God but it is expressed by loving others. Amen. That's how you love. All right. And then the next is the communion of the Holy Ghost. So you can see the, the Godhead. It is through Jesus Christ you got grace. And it's through the Father you got his love. And it's also through the Holy Ghost you have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. So the whole, that word communion is fellowship. So it's through the Holy Spirit you have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And with one another. That's what the Holy Ghost is there for. All right, now let's, let's, let's get into our work we got to get today. So we're talking about today the heavenly vision. And I gave you definitions of the word vision. Uh, like I said, it's really what God wants us to do. God told us through Paul what he wanted us to do. So I, I can't go over here, and I'm going to show you today. Let's give me that scripture one. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to start reading with verse 16. We'll start reading verse 15. 
Let's back up to verse 15. Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. So here it is. Paul is speaking, and he's talking to the Jews at that time and letting them know we are not sinners like the Gentiles. See, that's what the Gentiles, one of the words for the Gentiles was sinners. Uh, verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. All right. So when you got people going to tell you their new covenant and uh, they are Jews now, you read that to them, would you? That verse. All right. You, you, you're not a Jew by nature, are you? Okay. All right. So that means you were the sinner of the Gentile, like everybody else. All right. Now in verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now, Paul is telling the Jews because he has to clear this up. We're going to talk about justification soon, but not today. So you, he told them that you are justified not by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So you have to understand that's why we have to always thank him because we can't even go to the Father if he did not give us his faith. See, you have his spirit, but it's called the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, right? Now, here it is. Even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus. See, that's why not by the works of the law. Now, he's talking to Jews because their salvation was direct. You had to believe Jesus the Christ. We have to believe in his death, being resurrection. Yet both of us believe in Jesus. Does everybody understand that? So you have to believe in Jesus. It's, but what do you believe in Jesus? First of all, they had to believe he was and is the Christ, the son of the living God. We have to believe he died for our sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead. The, the, why you believe he was buried is because that's how he destroyed the body of sin. Why we believe he's buried? Because that's how he destroyed the body of sin. See, you have to understand, he crucified the body of sin, but he also buried it. So when I get down to verse 20, you will see that's why the Bible says, it's not I that live. All right, so here we are, we're in, 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 in Galatians chapter 2, and we are in verse number 17 now, right? All right, we'll go back and read 16 again, but I just read that, but we'll read it again. Uh, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law. Okay, I didn't finish that. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So he told you how he was made righteous. All right. Now, let's go down and read verse number 20. Uh, matter of fact, verse 19 is really what I wanted. I went back to 16. I really wanted 19. Uh, verse six, 19 says, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. So otherwise, you can't live unto God if you're not dead to the law. Do you understand what he's saying? You can't live under God unless you're dead to the law. Watch what he says. I am, for I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live under God. See, you can't live under God unless you're dead to the law. 
All right, and then verse number 20 says, he told you how it happened. I am crucified with Christ. Now, this is your faith. This is, this is your faith. That's what your faith says. I died on the cross with Christ. Why? Because I believe his death was for my death. I believe his life was for my life. I believe his suffering, he did everything for me. So I have to put myself there also because he did that for me and as me. Both of those things. He did it what? For me and as me. So he says, I'm crucified with Christ. That's why he did it as me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now that's the new man. Yet not I, that's the old man, but Christ liveth in me, the new man. And the life which I now live in the flesh, the new man, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I, the new man, live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by his faith. Who loved, past tent me, and gave himself for me. That's what Christ did for us. Give him another big hand, would you? Thank the Lord for his word. Amen. All right, we're going to stop right there for that. I just want to show you that as we get ready to start this off. So let's go to the gospel. Anything else I got out there? All right, let's go to the gospel of Matthew. We want to look at uh, chapter number 28 and verse 16 through 20. Now, we are going through these because what we're getting ready to show you now, in the churches, you got people are saying, this is what God told us to do. I had a, a man tell me one time, he says, uh, our name of our church at that time was uh, New Great Way Baptist Church. That's when we first started out on the boulevard. Then we went to New Great Way Christian Church. Then we went to Door Faith Christian Church. Our name been changed. Uh, but the reason why he was there, uh, the man asked me, but it was New Greater Way Missionary Baptist. That's the word. New Greater Way Missionary Baptist Church. So uh, I, I went to his church once and we ministered at his church. He said to me, Pastor, uh, uh, your church missionary, isn't it? I said, yeah. He said, well, how much do y'all give to missions? I said, well, brother, right now we're just trying to stay open. I'm serious. He said, well, you know, we gave so much, so much to missions last year. And which is okay. Had no problem with that. But this is what they base on. What God told Israel to do. So I want to bring clarity to that today. In, in vision. Now, you got to understand. Now, what I'm saying is this. When you go to a church, you got to make sure what their vision is. So when I started you off today, I told you Romans chapter 11, verse 13. We are following the Apostle Paul vision. Now, the reason why we're doing that is I don't know anybody else who got one. You'll catch on later. So you got a lot of folks saying the apostles, but what their vision? And where did they get it from? I can read in the Bible that God gave Paul this vision. And I'm following the vision that God gave Paul. Do everybody hear what I'm saying? All right. Now, here, here we're going to go to the next thing. What did I just tell you to go to? Matthew 28? All right. Let's go back to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 28. Matter of fact, let's 
Go back to chapter 10 first, then go to 28. Let's see the fish. What he told them to do started, started in chapter 10. See, he'd been talking to them all the time, but he started in chapter 10. So if you go back to Matthew chapter 10, once he chose them, we're going to show you that same process. He's going to choose them, and then he's going to give them an assignment. Now, that's vision. Vision is what he told them to do. All right? Now, that's why we have the new covenant. That's why you need a teacher in a new covenant so you would know what God told you to do. You just can't take for granted this is what God told you to do because not you're walking in disobedience in the new covenant. All right. Are you not obeying his covenant? All right. Now, you don't die and go to hell, but it's not something that you can grieve the spirit. Uh, I'm going to show you what happened to Israel. And, and when I get to uh, Acts chapter 7, they resisted the Holy Ghost. And that's what you do when you don't, don't obey the word. And that's what Israel did. And, and I'm going to tell you, Stephen told them, you always do resist the Holy Ghost. Paul talked about grieving the Holy Ghost, quenching the Holy Ghost. So you can do that in the new covenant. All right. So here we go. Matthew chapter number 10. In Matthew chapter number 10. Now, he chose, he called them, chose them, gave them the assignment. So let's start verse number one. Matthew 10 and one. And then I'm going to skip down to verse five. So let's do Matthew 10 and one. He's going to choose 12 disciples. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Now, how many can remember what did he give them? He gave them power. Now, I'm going to go through it when I get to Mark, but I'm, 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 I don't need no answer right now. When I get to Mark, you should have the answer. Here, he gave them power. Don't answer the question, because I'm asking you, what power did he give them? We'll get there when I get to Mark. I ask for my answer. I'm going to read it to you, then I'm going to ask you. So don't forget what I'm asking. Against, he gave them power against unclean spirit to cast them out, to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. He gave them power to do that. All right, now verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go ye not in the way of the Gentiles. Now, that's why we got Paul, right? Because he's going to send Paul to the Gentiles. But he's telling these guys who were Jews, don't go to the Gentiles, nor into the, any city of the Samaritans, in or not. Don't even go into their city trying to tell them what to do. Because the Lord is going to do that later. But he, wanted, he gave these guys an assignment. Then in verse number six, he said, but... Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He gave them the assignment. And then he said in verse 7, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He gave them power. Here it is again. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Then he told them not to take no money with them. That's why when I get to Acts chapter 3, Peter says, silver and gold have I none. That's why. All right, if I finish that verse, I'll tell you what God gave you, but I can't do that, right? You're going to tell me. All right, verse 9 said, 
provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor stays, for the workman is worthy of his hire. Otherwise, you do the thing you're supposed to do, and I will take care of you through the people. That's how God functioned in the old covenant with the children of Israel. All right. But then he's going to skip over to verse 16. See, I'm not going to be able to read all this. Now he's going to tell them what to expect is persecution. And verse 16 said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wood. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Beware of men. This is what they're going to do to you. They're going to deliver you up to the councils. They're going to scourge you in their synagogues. If you be brought before governors, I'm not going to read that verse. Let's go down to verse 21. Verse 21. The brother shall deliver up the brother to death. The father going to deliver up the child to death. The children going to rise up against their parents and call them to be put to death. You're going to be hated of all men for my name's sake. You're going to be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endure to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man be come. I want to make sure you look up at me. I want to make sure you understand that. You just saw, you just saw where God told them to go. Anybody listen? You just heard, it's not the first time I've gone over this, but I want to make sure you get it. You just heard where God told them to go. Remember, vision gives you also directions. I gave you three words for vision. Remember, one of them was directions. So he's telling them where to go. Telling them what to do. That's vision. Here in verse number uh, 23 again, but when they, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. I wonder, are they still out there working somewhere? Because we got folks still telling you Son of Man ain't, hadn't come yet. See, if you just read with the Spirit, you know that's wrong. Let me give you a scripture that's going to go with that. And let's, that's Matthew 16, 26 through 28. Watch something else Jesus says. I'm not off my thought. I'm going to come right back because I'm going to go to Matthew 28. But in Matthew uh, chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, down in verse 26. Then we go to Matthew 28. In Matthew chapter number 16 and verse 26. What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall you give in exchange for your own soul? Now he's still ministering because he told them he's going to have to die. In verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father... With his holy angels. Now the same thing he just told them 
you would not have gone over the cities of Israel, Matthew 10, 23, until the Son of Man be come. 9, verse 27, the Son of Man shall come in his glory, the glory of his Father, with his angels. And then shall he reward every man according to his works. What works? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You get what I'm saying? All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good, ain't he? Thank God for a good top, right? All right. All right. I'm going to get me one without a straw on the next week. All right. So they had, they had to go into all the world and preach the gospel. All right. So we have to understand. We're going to go to that now. Matthew chapter 28. Thank you. In Matthew chapter number 28. Thank you, dear. In Matthew chapter number 20, let's go over. I didn't finish reading that verse, did I? Matthew chapter number 16 and verse 28. I want to finish that one verse too. Try it again, brother. Get over there. All right, Matthew chapter number 16 and 28, one verse. Verily I say to you, there'll be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You think they're still standing up there watching him? Well, if you don't believe Jesus has come, that's what you're believing. See, people reading the word, but they're not believing the word. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That was not your vision. That is not what he told you. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 28. I say I'm going to break in a new Bible. I reckon that's how I did it. Matthew chapter 28. Now watch what he told them. See, that's what you mean by vision. What did he tell them to do? See, you go to a church, a church will tell you, well, we're going to take up an offering up now for missions. Well, that's what they believe God told them to do. Can't you see that's not their vision? If you go into the new covenant, you are not going to find this. See, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the new covenant. The new covenant does not start, start until Rome. When Paul gets to Rome, the book of Romans is the first covenant. It's the first book of the apostle Paul. All right. That's something you should already have marked in your Bible. But let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, and where I tell you I want to start. In verse number 16. Let's go there, and we're going to read that down to uh, verse number 20. Here we go. Then the 11 disciples went, went away. Now, it's 11 now. But the last time I was 12, one of them hung himself, right? And he went to his own place, which is hell, Right? But here, then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee into a mountain. Now, my point is, Jesus told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to show you they did not do that. All the world was all nations of Israel. See, they supposed to go there and they supposed, I'm going to show you what they're supposed to do. They had to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They had to preach the law of Christ to them. Not the law of Moses, but the law of Christ. 
So you want to write that down. I might as well give you that. You want to put in your note the law of Moses, number one. I give you scripture to all of this the next service. Now you got to write them down. Don't let me forget. Uh, first, the law of Moses. Number two, the law of Christ. Number three, the law of the Spirit. You got three already. All right, that's going to be all I'm going to give you right now. We'll get to the other laws. Well, I might well give some more to you. The law of sin. The law of death, the law of faith, the law of the mind. See, all these are laws, but I'm only going to talk about those three, law of Moses, law of Christ, the law of the Spirit. All right, these are laws, and you got to know that if you're going to study the Word. All right? Now, you don't have a law of faith in Old Covenant, right? Because that covenant did not have faith. All right, that's why, I'm, that's why I said I didn't want to go there because I don't want to confuse you. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20. This is what he told his 12 disciples to do. Not churches today. See, if you, if you hear what he's saying, it's something that you pick up a letter, and then in that letter, you, you pick up the letter, and you want to now go and do something that's not what God told you. See, when I first started the church as a pastor, I thought I was supposed to go into all the world. Well, I already failed because I know I didn't have enough money to keep the church over where I was at. And now I'm trying to go into all the world. A guy called me. Man, a guy called me all the time, my phone. My wife would tell you, we from some country and we want you to come. Go, uh-uh. The Lord, see, that's why people end up where they should not be, and a lot get killed. Matthew chapter 28, and verse number 16. Then the eleven disciples went away in the Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. They're doing good so far. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, and some doubted. And Jesus came and spake to them after he rose from the dead, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Once again, he's going to tell them what he wants them to do again. Now remember, he's going to make sure they get the Holy Spirit because he's going to tell them in the next chapter, that's why you have to read it as it progress, to wait in Jerusalem till you receive power, right? Now, here it is in verse number 18. He says, all power is, is present tense, given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore in, and, and therefore and teach all nations. Now we know what, what, he's supposed to go, what they're supposed to go do, right? Who, he, who are they supposed to go teach all nations? Who is he talking about? Israel. Israel, right? We gave that Matthew 10, 23, right? So he said, now, all power be given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach, teach, teach all nations, watch this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why did churches get this? They going by this vision. You didn't get it from Paul. Hold your finger, hold your finger right there. 
Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, the reason why I, as a pastor, you know, I'm like, nah, I spent all that money on the baptism pool. I could have been using that to do what I need to do back there now. Ha. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. See, if you go, you're going by Paul's vision, that's how you know. You don't have to know because Pastor Crump says. You can be able to say, that's what God told us. That's why I'm showing you the different visions. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 17. Christ sent me not to baptize. Well, if God told Paul not to baptize, then why are we baptizing? Can you see what I'm saying? People are baptizing. Why? They're not following Paul. That's why they still believe in Jesus coming. Why? They're not following Paul. For Christ sent me not to baptize. But what did he send Paul to do? To preach the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of Christ, right? Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ. So he, that's the gospel, the cross of Christ. So he sent Paul to preach the cross of Christ. So if, if you preach anything else, baptism, you make the cross of Christ a non-effect. And the next verse says, for the preaching of the cross is to them, talking about to them Jews, that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Can't you see the power of God change once you got into grace? See, under, under Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I'm going to show you when I get to Mark what their power is and what their power was to do. Your power do the same thing, but it is the gospel of Christ. See, it still casts out devils. It still do all the things, and it also saves you, which the power in the old covenant did not save you. That's what you got to understand. In the old covenant, when I tell you the power, they did that because they thought they were saved. That didn't save you. The only power can save you is the gospel of Christ, the cross. All right? Watch this. I'm just going to read it to you because I didn't get no amen. So I wasn't going to read that, but I'm going to have to read it now. In verse 18, once again, there it is on the screen. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved, unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Watch this. Uh, yeah, let's go down to verse 21. I, want, I, want to, I don't want to read all of that. Go down to verse 21. So I gave you 17, I gave you 18, I gave you 21. For after that the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God. Are you there? It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Preaching what? Christ's death, being resurrection. To save them that believe. So God already told you what his plan is to do to say under Paul ministry now. You're not going to find that under Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter number. I, I get there a little later, darling. All right, Matthew chapter 28. 
Matthew chapter number 28. And verse number 19, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Wait a minute. So otherwise, they're supposed to minister to the nations, which were Jews, the same thing Jesus had commanded them. Well, if you don't know what Jesus commanded them, how are you going to know what to minister? Let's go back and see what Jesus commanded them. Let's go to uh, the Gospel of John. We're going to show you the law of Christ while we're doing that. Let's go back to the Gospel of John chapter, go forward, I'm sorry, to the Gospel of John chapter 13, verse 34. We're going to see what Jesus commanded them. Matter of fact, the same teaching that I gave you is what he commanded them. But we're going to go back and look here. He gave them a new commandment. Are you in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, 34? Then we're going to go to 1 John 3, 24 and 20, 3, 23 and 24. What did he command them? That's what they're supposed to be preaching. See, in this church, I have to know what I'm supposed to be preaching. I'm not preaching you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you are saved. I'm not preaching you got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you shall be saved. See, that's not what I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you by grace, you are saved. Through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, since any man shall boast, it is the, it's the gift of God. So you have to know what you are sitting under. All right. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Or new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Now this is what, what this was the commandment. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know whether you my disciples. Why? If you have love one to another. Let's go to First John. Now, wife, I want you to find me a scripture. Uh, Jesus told the man, "One thing thou like." Find that for me. Now let's go to First uh, John, right? Let's go to First John. I know it's all y'all. I tell Sister Crump that way because I know all y'all going over there and look for it. And I won't have no audience. That's why I say that, okay? I don't say that, that you can't find. If I do that, everybody go. We might as well stop and everybody go find it. All right. But let's go to First John, the rest of you that are not looking. First John chapter 3, verse 23. We're showing you what he told them to do. Teach them what I taught you. Here it is, 1 John 3, 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe, number one, on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So you got to understand, that's why you got people are still teaching you Romans 10, 9, and 10, which we were. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man believe in the righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made in the salvation. All of this, how you get your salvation. See, we were not believing Christ died for our sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead. We was not believing that. We was believing we had to do something. And when you add anything, don't forget this, when you add anything to God's faith, it becomes 
corrupt. You are saved by grace through faith plus nothing. So when you say, how'd you get that? I confess with my mind. Whoa. That's how you got your salvation? You had to confess? That means you had a part in your salvation. That's works. Then when you say, well, I, I, how was you baptized? Well, hold it. That's works. You are saved by grace. That means while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, nothing you did. Christ died, saved us, raised us from the dead, justified us, and you did nothing but hear it and believe it. Come on, somebody clap their hands right there. That's, that's a good time. All right, 1 John, once again, 4.23. 1 John 3.23. Thank you. 1 John 3.23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe, number one, on the name. See, when you said you believe Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, you are saying you are saved by believing on his name. That's why you got a lot of people today believing on his name, also baptizing his name. See, all that they believe how they're saved. Now, we're supposed to praise his name, worship him, because he's Lord. And all the scripture you find about praise and worship is going to be to the Lord. Bless the Lord, praise the Lord, give to the Lord, glory, all that, because what he has done for us, what the Father did for us through his Son. All right. And this is his commandment that we should believe on, on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So that's what he's talking about. In verse 24, and he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him, hereby know we that, we, that the Spirit abide in us because the Spirit which he has given unto us. So they receive the Spirit, but they receive the Spirit because they believe in the name of the only Son of God, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That's both of those things they had to do. So when I give you the scripture Sister Crump going to give me, I'm going to show you what Jesus fulfilled. Now, I'm not going to, I'm going to finish Mark, Matthew, and that later, because I've got to go here. Start with Luke chapter 18. Go to Luke 18. See, you got to understand the word. That's why you, if you go here and try to do what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is doing, that's why you're, you're, you're not under Jesus' vision for your life. Your life, you got to understand you were saved by the blood of Christ. Thank you for those two amens. Uh, Luke chapter 18. Where you, where you want me to start? All right, verse 18. Now, this is very important. You're going to be able to get something out of here that you probably never saw. So uh, let's do it. And verse 18. And a certain ruler. We are in Luke 18, 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Lord, uh, good master. It wasn't Lord. Good master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, you got, you got to understand what he's saying. Inherit. What can I do to inherit? 
Then he said again, what can I do to inherit? And that's, what that's what's wrong with the Romans 10, 9 and 10. You want to do something to inherit. Let me ask you a question. How do you inherit? Is it anything you do? No. Somebody left you something. Come on, you're talking about inheritance. You didn't do anything. Somebody worked all their life and left you some money or left you something, whatever it was, but you didn't do nothing for it. I'm, I'm, that's all I'm trying to say. Do you understand what I mean? You didn't do anything. They got, the, they got up that morning. They went to work all them years. They put that in your name. Anything happened to me, it go to you. You did nothing. That's what inheritance is about. All right? So watch this guy. Watch what he saw it again. He says, what, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? So Jesus says, okay, I got a smart, smart one here. Jesus said to him, why, call you, why are you calling me good? There's none in good save one that's God. So he's trying to find out does he really know what he's talking about. So verse 20 says, you know the commandment. Watch what he's going to say. Jesus said, you know the commandment. Do not commit adultery, right? Do not, right? Uh, kill, do not steal, do not bear false witnesses, honor your father, your mother. And he's going to say, well, all, all these have I kept for my youth. So Jesus, I got a smart one right here. So Jesus is going to say one thing to him. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, yet thou lacked one thing. And he's going to be like, now remember, uh, I already told you I kept, see, that's the same thing that was about Paul. When Paul gave his credential, see, if you look at Paul's credential, he said, uh, according to the law, I was blameless. You understand? But see, he found out that he was the chief of sinners because Christ came to save sinners. All right, now watch this in verse number uh, 22. When Jesus heard his word, he said, yet like thy one thing, sell all that you have. Now you're going to find out. Sell all that you have. Now I want somebody to find me what they asked him, which is the greatest commandment? They gave you two commandments. They asked you, he said, on these hangs all the law and the prophets. Gave you two commandments. All right, I want somebody to find that for me. All right, just find me just a verse. I'm coming in next. And when, he, when Jesus heard these things, he said to them, Yet lacketh thy one thing. Sell all you have, give it to the poor. Just distribute to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And the Bible said, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was rich. Are you telling me to give my money away to the poor? All right. Now, let's show you what Jesus was talking about when he gave that. See, a lot of times we hear that, we, we don't know the answer. Who got my, answer, my message, my, where I'm going? I heard 22. Uh, we go back to Matthew 22. Uh, Matthew chapter 22. And verse 36. All right, now watch this. Matthew chapter 22, 34. That's where we're going to start. One thing thou lack. 
Boy, this is going to jump out at you. What thing did he lack? All right. Here we go. Verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, of course, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, watch this. This is what Jesus fulfilled. This is where his obedience came in at. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. When I first got saved, I had a problem here because I was always telling God I failed. I was trying to love you with all my heart, and I, did, I haven't done it. Man, I, this set me free when I realized Jesus already did this. I love you, Jesus. That's why we're going to have you say this. Jesus said to him, Take, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. You can't do it. Nobody. So this guy telling you about he kept the law. The law said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Watch this. With all thy soul, with all thy mind. And then the second, remember one thing thou lacketh? What one thing did he lack? Verse number 38. Verse 39. Because verse 38 said, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Watch this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Remember what did Jesus tell him to do? Go sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And that's why Jesus said, one thing thou lacking. You say you had fulfilled the law. One thing you missed out on. You did not love your neighbor as yourself. You say you did all the rest of it, but you didn't do that. Because I just told you, go sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And you dropped your face and you walked away. My time is up. I thank you for your. Let's get the Lord a great big hand. Thank God. Come on, get up on your feet. Because we want to thank God for the vision that God has given unto us. I gave you those verses about law. See, that's something we don't have to do no more. We got grace now. The work has been finished. Don't get me wrong. There had to be work. But we didn't have to do it. The work has already been finished. And so that's why we got to be so grateful to the Lord because he already did the work so you can have eternal life. Now let's get the Lord another big hand for, for that. We're going to come to this camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, Paul is telling the church about following his vision. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, here's the gospel. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And from there he went on to talk about he was seen, okay? Seen as 500 brothers at one time. It wasn't no secret, all right? So that's salvation. That's salvation. So you have to understand your salvation is dependent on your faith in Jesus, but in his death, burial, and resurrection on what he did for you. Their salvation was faith in Jesus, who he is. Your salvation is based, not based on who he is, but what he has done for your soul. Come on, let's thank the Lord right now. My time is up. 
I thank you for yours, and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.